What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Minding Wellness podcast. For the last week, I have been sharing solo episodes, and we're going to continue that for a few more weeks. And I have some really great interviews lined up with guests. So if this isn't your cup of tea, no worries, because we're getting right back to regular interviews. There were just a few topics I wanted to share as solo episodes. And for today, the topic that was on my heart and mind was confirmation bias. And I want to dive into that a little bit. I think that understanding what this is and how this plays a role in the medical system will help you navigate some of these difficult pieces as you do that for yourself or for loved ones. So let's first dive into what confirmation bias is. Confirmation bias involves selectively gathering and interpreting evidence to conform with one's beliefs, as well as neglecting evidence that contradicts them. So what this looks like in a medical setting is you might come in with a collection of symptoms and the physician treating you may have a confirmation bias such that the assumed or presumed diagnosis fits into a box that that physician has seen most often or that simply just out of the gate makes the most sense to that physician. For instance... I'll give you a real example. My father, when he was first getting some abdominal malaise, when he was first sick, before he was diagnosed with lymphoma, he went into urgent care several times. I wasn't living in the area, so I wasn't able to advocate for him. And I didn't actually know about all of this until later, but he went into urgent care several times and each and every time was told that his symptoms were indicative of, quote, a GI bug, unquote. So during that time, many patients had come into urgent care and seen the physicians there, and many of them did have some type of a gastroenteritis, so some type of a virus that may have been going around that was causing sort of temporary symptoms. Now, he had gone in several times to the same urgent care, so the transient nature of a GI bug should have informed them that this ongoing problem with my dad, the very real and ongoing problem, may be something else. But confirmation bias can be very strong. So the assumption was that the symptoms are continuing. You still have this GI bug. We thought that before. I read the notes. We thought it before. So we're going to continue to think that. Now, this may not all be happening on a conscious level. So the physicians are not necessarily thinking about their own confirmation bias as they're doing this. It's just part of the biases that happen based on 
commonplace diagnoses and sort of the low-hanging fruit. You can think of it that way. Another example is somebody going into an ER with a headache. This is another real example of somebody that I know. A young-ish, young to middle-aged male going in with a headache. Doctors asking, well, paramedics on the way asking if he had had any alcohol. Well, he had had a glass of wine with his wife the night before, but that was it, a minimal amount of alcohol. Otherwise, this is a very unusual headache for this gentleman. However, what the medical team sees is an otherwise healthy, relatively young male with a really easy to explain away headache by alcohol, dehydration by alcohol, etc. Now, if you've ever had wine and gotten a headache, you know that that certainly is a possibility, headache secondary to alcohol. However, one glass of wine happening the night before, this is well into the next day, it although could be due to the alcohol, when we have confirmation bias, we often are not looking for what else it could be because we get very tunnel visioned into one diagnosis. So as he sat in the ER with this headache worsening, he was waiting for his labs to come back. And what ended up happening much later and arguably way too late was a diagnosis of meningitis, which is inflammation in the brain caused by an infection. Nothing to do with the alcohol. But because of the delay that happened in this diagnosis, due to confirmation bias at multiple points, so when the paramedics documented likely due to headache, that confirmation bias continued through the medical system, even though he wasn't really aware of that till later. So what's happening on the back end is not always super obvious. So you might be thinking, well, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> How do I fix a bias system in healthcare? I can't necessarily combat or undo confirmation biases, but what we can do is understand that this is a commonplace occurrence. And once we understand that it's a possibility that our medical team may be biased towards a specific diagnosis and that they are looking for confirmation of that, knowing that can inform us of how to help expand the physician's differential diagnoses, list of potential diagnoses, by providing more information. For instance, if I was with my dad during those times in the urgent care, I would have pointed out some things that may have poked a few holes in the confirmation bias of the team. For instance, well, he's not throwing up. He doesn't have any diarrhea. This has gone on for several weeks into months now, which would not likely happen with a transient GI bug. Can we look into other potentials? And given the fact that he has had an extensive history of cancer, maybe a scan would make sense. Now, this is not being disrespectful or overstepping boundaries. It's simply pointing out 
other specifics of this case that maybe point to a different diagnosis than what is happening on a larger scale within the population in that area, sort of helping the process along. With regard to that second case of the headache, although meningitis may not have been high up on the list of potential diagnoses and the patient and his family may not have thought of that either, saying things like, I don't normally get headaches from alcohol. One glass of wine would not normally give me a headache. I don't feel like I've been dehydrated. I've drank actually a decent amount of water. And this headache is the worst headache I've ever had. So I don't feel like it's justifiably explained away by the alcohol. Now, Again, like I said, it's also possible that you don't know that that's the working diagnosis if it hasn't been verbalized to you. And of course, you haven't read the notes yet. But asking more questions if it hasn't been verbalized, like, do you have a working diagnosis? Do you have an idea of what you think this might be? And then if they do say something that doesn't make sense to you, asking more questions and providing more details to allow an expansive view of potential additional diagnoses might help the fact that we know confirmation bias might be at play. So I wanted to point these examples out to you because you may come into a scenario or situation where something is being told to you that doesn't make sense. And if it is very off of what makes sense to you, it just doesn't feel right, it might be that confirmation bias is playing a role here. It doesn't mean it is, but knowing that it's very common and knowing that it's a possibility might help you speak up and point out some very specific things that are happening to you that don't fall in line with that diagnosis and just requesting to look into and rule out other diagnoses so we don't miss something. I hope that that was helpful for you. And just remember, this is not to scare you or to make you think that the system is so broken and can't function for you. It's actually more of a goal to help you to know what's happening on the other side so you can be more informed and educated about how to present yourself and your case, understanding what the other might be thinking and doing. So I hope this has been helpful for you. If so, I would love to hear from you. You can actually send me a voice message super fast and super easy by going to speakpipe.com forward slash minding wellness, speakpipe.com forward slash minding wellness. That link will be in the show notes. So you don't have to type that in if you didn't catch that the first time, but I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear any ideas of people that you would like to hear from, topics you would like to hear, and feedback on any of the episodes that you've heard so far. I would also really appreciate a review on iTunes. It really does help others find this podcast and gain value from those I have interviewed. I really appreciate all of you who have stuck with me. It is going on almost three years It's crazy. It's crazy how fast time has flown by, but I really enjoyed my time here with you. Even though I know we may not see each other while you're listening to this, just knowing that I'm in your earbuds and you may be getting value from this that may impact you or somebody that you know 
fills my soul. So thank you for joining me and I will see you here again next time.